welcome to Become a Unique Podcast, a place where you can be well and be you. We are all about lifestyle with a focus around wellness over here. One week we may be talking about gut health and the next week we may be having a conversation about being enough. No matter what the topic, the goal is to inform you with information and tools so we can vibrate higher as our true selves. Be ready to grow in a beautiful way. Becoming Unique is a growing podcast and would love your support by following or subscribing to this podcast. In Apple Podcasts, click the plus button. Reviews are also helpful for the podcast growth. So all reviews are appreciated. And lastly, but not least, be sure to share the podcast because the best advertisement is word of mouth. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey, y'all, I'm back. Welcome to season seven of the Become a Unique podcast. I'm so excited to be in this new season, not just with the Become a Unique podcast, but also the fall season. So if you're listening to this podcast in real time, we have just entered the fall season of 2022. And, you know, I have never been so excited to enter the fall season. This past summer, summer um, 2022, has been very eventful for me in a beautiful way. You know, I spent a couple of weeks in the South. I spent a week in LA. I went on a cruise with my um, daughter for her birthday. Both of my daughters celebrated their birthdays this summer, as well as me. So it's been a very beautiful, beautiful, eventful summer. But at the same time, I was just longing to get to the next season. And I kept telling myself, be present in this moment, be present in this moment. But for some reason, I kept longing to just get into the fall season. And I truly believe I was longing to get into the fall season because I was longing to get back into routine. With having this beautiful, eventful summer and moving around and traveling and and so on, Um, routine was lost. (laughs) Eating habits were lost. (laughs) I feel like I was like on a french fry and potato diet this summer. (laughs) So I was just really longing to just get back into a routine. And the fall calls for routine. My daughter goes back to school. Like, you know, things are automatically going to fall back into routine. So I was really excited about that. And so, yeah, so I'm excited to be in the fall season. I'm excited for season seven of the Becoming Unique podcast. It's it's so far, it's, it's, this is such a beautiful season coming at you. And 
yeah, let me not chit chat too much. And let's just jump into today's episode um, about oral health. It's really, really amazing episode. Like I said, it's noteworthy. So definitely grab a pen and paper, have it close by in case you want to take notes as you're like listening along. Let's go. Today on the Becoming Unique podcast, I have such a beautiful and an amazing guest by the name of Michelle. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I am just so excited for today's conversation around oral health, dental care, uh, and so on. But before we like actually get started, I would love for you to tell everyone who Michelle is. Great. Um, you want me to tell you just who I am or do you want me to tell you my story right now? Well, just, I guess, how you define yourself um, first and then we'll get into your whole story. Perfect. So I am a dentist, uh, what I call a functional integrative dentist, and I'll explain a little bit more about what that means. And I also have an outreach called Living Well with Dr. Michelle that I teach people how to live well in the world today. So all sorts of things associated with that as well. But my most important job is I'm a mom. I have four kids and I have one grandbaby, one granddaughter, which uh, she is just the light of our lives. And um, I love doing that the most along with dentistry and all the, the Living Well outreach. Beautiful, beautiful. So can you tell us your story of like, how did you get into holistic um, dental care and so on? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was raised in a dental family. My father's a dentist. I have three younger brothers that are dentists. And so that's just what we did. My grandfather was an internist, a medical doctor, and we were very much in traditional care. That's how I was trained. That's what I learned in school. That's how my family practiced. And it was going along fine. We had a busy practice, but about 10 years in, I started to get very sick. And I didn't know what it was. Uh, I had a lot of digestive issues, but you know, lots of people have digestive problems. And so I thought, oh, this is just what happens to everybody. So that was a problem, but my memory really started suffering and I've always had a good memory. So it was noticeable. The difference was noticeable. And I started having a lot of numbness in my hands and I stopped being able to even really do my job the way I needed to be able to do it. So I knew something was drastically wrong. I started getting tested and trying to find out what was wrong and nobody knew, nobody gave, could give me any answers. So I finally actually had my practice for sale and Mm -hmm. was trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. I was in, you know, in my mid, my mid thirties, my husband also works with the practice. So this was our entire livelihood. We didn't know what we were going to do. And I was talking to another practitioner and he said, you know, you sound a lot like me. Have you looked into mercury poisoning at all? And I, you know, I knew that the fillings that I had placed, I didn't, I was not placing them at that time, but I knew the fillings I had placed in the past were filled with mercury, but I, I didn't have any myself. I said, you know, no, I don't have any of those fillings. And he said, oh no, it's not the fillings you have. It's the ones you've been drilling out for 10 years without any protection. And Mm. no one had ever said a word about that, that it could be dangerous for the dentist because I was a cosmetic dentist. I drilled out all sorts of those silver fillings because people didn't like the way they looked and Mm -hmm. they cracked teeth. So there's often reasons to remove them and replace them. No one had ever told me that that could be a problem, 
breathing in all of that mercury. So I got tested and that's what it was off the charts. So all of a sudden, all of the symptoms made sense because mercury is a neurotoxin. So it was affecting my brain, my nerves, even my gut. Mercury affects the gut too. And um, the doctor said, okay, now that we know what this is, the only way to get better is to not keep putting it in. So mm -hmm. I had to figure out, was there a way to do dentistry where I could continue doing my job, taking out people's mercury fillings when they needed to be replaced, but not breathe it in myself. And I found that there was an organization that had really researched this topic extensively. They had protocol based around this, and I didn't even know they existed. So I found them and I started following their protocols for what we call safe mercury removal. And I was doing it for me, you know, for my own health. And all of a sudden I thought, well, gosh, this should be helpful for my assistant. You know, she's sitting right there too, breathing it all in too. And, oh, you know, it's probably good for my receptionist because it all gets in the HVAC system and goes everywhere. And, you know, mm -hmm. this is probably really good for my patients because they're the ones who are right in the middle of all of that removal and swallowing it and all those kinds of things. And so started just thinking that way. And then patients started saying, well, my doctor's looking for someone who does it this way. Can I tell them about you? So we started getting doctor referrals and it just grew, not because I chose for it to do that, but because people were looking for it. And then mm. the doctor started saying things like, oh, if you do that, do you also do this? And do you do this? And honestly, I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> like I didn't, I hadn't heard of any of the things that they were talking about. They knew more about all of this than I did. I had never been trained as a dentist in dental school anywhere about it. So I started learning, oh, I, I'd say, well, I don't, but I'll go learn. So I'd go find class and go learn. And all of a sudden I found out that dental health and dentistry has so much to do with overall health. And I had no idea, you know, mm -hmm. as dentists, we're just kind of trained that we're a little bit like tooth mechanics. We, you know, we drill a hole, we fill it up, we polish it up and send you on your way. But there's so much more to it than that. And so it's completely changed my practice. Now I see people from all over the world, uh, either in person or virtually, and we really help them get their health back because literally 60 to 80% of health concerns can be tied to dental issues. So this is enormous, enormous for health. Wow. This is such an eye opener, <laughs> such an eye opener. <laughs> And I am a child, I'm a 70s baby. So I was a child in the 80s and my mouth is full of mercury right now. Yep. <laughs> I still have all of those silver fillings. And through my adulthood, I haven't had issues with like needing to get fillings or <laughs> a cavities. But my, it's yep. like, oh my goodness. So we're going to have to dig into mercury because I'm a mouth full of mercury. <laughs> Tell us everything to know about mercury. So mercury is the, it is the most neurotoxic element on the planet. So, mm. you know, if you break an, if you break a thermometer, one of those old school thermometers that had the liquid mercury in it, mm -hmm. you are basically told to wear a hazmat suit. You have to call like, you know, all these people to help take care of it. And even mercury, people talk about mercury and fish. Oh, we shouldn't eat you know, these large fish, tuna and things that could add a lot of mercury to our systems. Everyone's talking about mercury, but mm -hmm. you know what the largest source of mercury in our world is dental fillings. They are 50% mercury. So 50% of that metal in your mouth is actually mercury. And people will say, oh, well, it's in an inactive form. 
there's no such thing as an inactive form. Like there's not an active and inactive form of a metal. That's not the way metals work. Mm-hmm. So there's no such thing as an inactive form. There's, there's scores of research now showing that every single time you chew, every single time you have a hot or cold food, every time you brush your teeth, you actually are releasing mercury vapors off of those fillings. Mm-hmm. And that mercury loves nerves, which is the brain. So a lot of memory issues, even Alzheimer's, dementia, those kinds of things are very correlated with mercury, um, nerve pain, uh, lots of even joint and those kinds of issues, lots of uh, GI issues, gut health issues are related to this as well. So mercury is not something you want to mess around with, but here's the one caution I tell people all the time. If you are going to get the fillings removed, do not do it unless you have a dentist that can remove it safely. Because if you just go to any dentist and have them drill them out, you're going to be breathing that in, swallowing it, and you are going to just fill the rest of your body with mercury, not just your teeth, but every part of you with mercury. So Mm -hmm. I would rather you leave them in your mouth than get them removed unsafely. Mm. So make sure you are seeing someone who follows all the protocol for safe removal. Um, because it's safer to leave it where it's at than it is to just go and put it into your brain and everywhere, everywhere else. What does safe removal look like? Because any dentist, I feel like they'd be like, of course, I'm going to remove it safely. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So the organization that really has pioneered this is called the IAOMT. And that's just an abbreviation. You can look it up at IAOMT.org. And they have something called the smart mercury removal protocol. And it's basically the smart, the S and the M I think is like safe mercury. I'm not sure what the other letters are, but um, that protocol is what we follow. And that's what needs to be followed. So what happens is we cover every part of you. So you actually have a special blanket that goes over top of you. Um, There's a kind of a shield that goes over your face. So you're not getting it on your skin or in your eyes. We wear, you have glasses. Um, you have a covering over your nose that has oxygen and it has air so you can breathe through it, but it's making sure that you're not breathing the fumes up through the nose. Mm. Um, we have a special, what's called a rubber dam that keeps all of those mercury particles out of your mouth. So you're not swallowing it. And then we also have you swish with a binder, um, something that will actually grab onto that mercury before we start the procedure. And after we start, we end the procedure. So that any particles that might've slipped by all of our protection will get bound by that. And then you spit it out and you get rid of them out of the body. We also do a detox. So we have you on some detox supplements before and during all of that so that your body, because it will get a little bit, no matter how safely it's removed, that your body can then grab the mercury and, and get rid of it, excrete it rather than putting it somewhere else in the body. So those are the things you need to look for. You need to look for a dentist that's doing all of those things and they should have a special mask on themselves and their, their dental assistant as well. And the one I forgot, sorry, the one that's really noticeable is a giant vacuum that goes at your chin. Like it looks, we, we call it snuffleupagus for anybody. If you're seventies kid, you probably watched Sesame street. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it kind of looks like snuffleupagus from Sesame street This giant big vacuum that looks like an elephant tusk or elephant to trunk that goes right at your chin that sucks everything that way too. Those are all the things you need to be looking for when you get them removed. Wow. Wow. I have just been schooled so much just now. <laughs> oh my goodness. It, it, and I know I've never seen any contraption like that in any dentist office that I've been to. Yep. Oh my goodness. So you know what? You were a wounded warrior for us. 
Exactly. <laughs> you you had to go through that struggle so you could come back <laughs> and school all of us and also be, you know, a healing hand for people out here. Thank yep. you. Thank you for going through the war for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, cause I wouldn't have done this. I mean, there was yeah. no reason, there was no reason I would have been on this path if it hadn't have been for that. Exactly. And then sometimes we don't understand why we have to go through a battle. And this was the reason why. And I was, ha I'm so happy that you was able to find the path, <laughs> find the path. Um, and, and the question, do you know about like, what's the percentage of, you know, the smart recovery removal dentists out there, like in every state, is there like 10% of the dentists are doing this procedure or is it like some states don't even have them? I would say the second. Yeah, I would say it's probably 1% or less and some states don't even have them. So on that website that I told you about, there's actually a dentist finder, a practitioner finder. So you can mm -hmm. go on that website and you can type in wherever you live and it will show you every practitioner near you um, that you can go to that, that follows these protocols. Okay. And now do you have any advice for people like me that still have a mouth full of mercury, <laughs> you know, um, just keep doing what I've been doing or, you know, are there anything that you suggest that I do to make sure I'm not, you know, like, I don't know, and getting any of the effects that they may have on it. Yeah. Well, just having them means you're going to be getting the effects that they have. So just mm -hmm. having them alone is already something that can be contributing to some of those neurotoxic things I was talking about. So gut health problems, memory issues, any nerveness or nerve pain, numbness, those kinds of things. And we will also see it related to energy. So if people have fatigue issues, um, this mm -hmm. also very much taxes, taxes energy. So usually any mercury fillings are going to cause those symptoms. Now it may be that you're doing a lot of things good that override the symptoms. And I talk to people about this all the time. It's not that the dental things I'm, I'm talking about are the only contributor to health, you know, either good health or bad health. There are, there are good things that you do. There are health practices, there are supplements, there are diet, you know, all these good things that can keep you healthy. And there are a lot of other things that can make you unhealthy, you know, environmental issues. Again, all the things we just listed, you know, food, nutrition, um, a lot of things can also lead and contribute to unhealth to, to, to somebody not being healthy. So dentistry is not the only thing. If you're not experiencing symptoms, it's probably because you're doing a lot of things right. So mm. I will usually tell people if that's the case, fabulous. However, the mercury is something that is leading to you not feeling your best. So you don't have to work so hard at it if you don't have so many things taking you down, if that makes sense. So I always recommend removing the mercury fillings, if, even if you're not feeling the effects of them, because that just wears your body out to have to work so hard to counteract the effect of them. Yeah, yeah, I, I, de I definitely... Um, suffer from the fatigue. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely tired all the time. But yeah, so maybe I will have to look into this. Thank you for the website. I will be um, Googling it <laughs> after this conversation um, to see what steps I need to go in that direction. So now I have kids, my kids are, you know, school age and in college age, and they've never had the mercury filling, but they have had, you know, cavities. And now I guess they do a white filling. When did they stop the mercury fillings? Do you they know? haven't stopped mercury fillings. They haven't? They have not. Nope. Oh. So in other countries, it has been banned 
for years. Uh, in a lot of European countries, it's been banned for years, but in the US, it's allowed to be used in anyone, anytime. They have, they did uh, issue a warning, it was about a year ago, saying that they did not recommend them for children under the age of six or pregnant or expecting women. And I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, then why would we put them in anyone? Yeah. But the problem is, is it's all uh, political and financial. So if, because of the way our world works, the way our country works, um, if the FDA or the American Dental Association or anyone were to make a statement saying that these fillings are unsafe and should be banned, or they were to ban them, then every dentist who's ever placed or probably removed a mercury filling will be under a class action lawsuit because mm. that's the way our country works. So these organizations are also, they're also in place to protect the practitioner. Not, not necessarily in a bad way, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing, but they, I don't believe they will ever ban or say anything against these fillings in the United States just because of the way the, the litigious nature of our country of the lawsuit that will that will immediately ensue so i don't think that we will ever hear that in our country and they'll never be banned in our country wow so do you think most dentists are just not practicing with um, mercury fillings even though they, they haven't been outlawed because like i said i haven't seen it in my children's mouths throughout the past 21 years so you know um i just assumed that they were no longer <laughs> being exactly. used thank goodness you've gone to good dentists Mm -hmm. I, I don't know the number, but I would suspect maybe 50% of dentists are still using them, at least in part. Mm -hmm. um, there are particular demographics that are, that are they're used almost exclusively, um, particularly low-income children. And the mm -hmm. reason is, is they're very inexpensive and they can be placed in a wiggly um, child with a lot of saliva, you know, somebody that's moving around a lot and they actually will be successful. Whereas the white fillings that we do have to be very, very dry to be able to have that filling be successful. So it's hard in a kid, you know, to get it dry to hold, have the kid hold still long enough, that kind of thing. So actually they're used more often in children than anyone. And I think people write it off as, oh, those are just baby teeth. They're going to come out anyway. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Well, in my mind, it's a very big deal because the last thing I want is mercury in my, in my developing child's brain, you yeah. know, <laughs> that's the last thing I want. But so I would say probably like, like I said, I don't know the numbers, but I would say probably 50% of dentists still use them at least on occasion. Some dentists use them almost exclusively if they're, if they're servicing a different demographic. Wow. Okay. Just so much, so much knowledge that I'm learning today. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we we touched the topic of mercury. Now, another topic I feel is very popular within the dental industry is fluoride. So let's talk fluoride. What do we need to know? What are your views on it? Like, what's up with fluoride? So fluoride's an interesting one. And actually, I've just done some recent education or recent pod, uh, podcasts and uh, social media posts on this. And it's been interesting to see how many people are curious about this topic. Um, the reason that fluoride even started being used for teeth is that clear back early, early 1900s, they found that people who had well water that was high, naturally high in fluoride, that the teeth were more cavity resistant. They were also not very good to look at. Too much fluoride causes white and brown spots all over the teeth, but they found that they didn't get cavities when they had a lot of fluoride in their well water. So they thought, well, cavities are a problem. We would really like to stop people getting cavities. Let's add fluoride. 
They started adding fluoride to water. They started adding fluoride to, to products, tooth products. And what fluoride does is it actually does strengthen the enamel of the tooth. It changes the crystal and structure. So enamel is a crystal and it has minerals in that crystal. Calcium is the mineral that we want in the crystal. Well, fluoride will actually displace the calcium. It'll bully out the calcium and it will create a new crystal that is stronger. So again, it is more resistant to, to, to bacteria and to cavities, but it's also more brittle. So keep that in mind as we keep talking here for just a minute. Fluoride does make a tooth more cavity resistant. So the thought is, okay, if we add it to all of these things, cavities are going to go away, right? If cavity, you know, if teeth are just cavity proof, then people won't get cavities anymore. Mm -hmm. well, first off, that hasn't happened. <laughs> cavities are still increasing today, even from the time that this started. So that has not, has not slowed down cavities at all. Um, but in the time since that's happened, we've learned what fluoride also does. Fluoride, like I said, creates a stronger, more brittle crystal. Well, it does that in your tooth, but it also does it in your bones. Mm -hmm. So it's not a good thing in a bone. And what they found is in areas that have a lot of fluoride, they have high rates of hip fractures and other fractures because the bones are more brittle. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not okay with that. <laughs> the mm -hmm. second thing that fluoride does is it actually takes the place of iodine. Fluoride and iodine are, they're like cousins. They're very similar. And fluoride will push iodine out of the receptor site on thyroid hormone. So when you have a thyroid, when you have thyroid hormone, what happens is it has to be activated by iodine. The iodine plugs into the little spots on the side of the thyroid hormone. And once they're all plugged in, then the, th the, the hormone is usable by you. Mm -hmm. Well, fluoride pushes the iodine out and plugs those spots instead. Mm -hmm. And when the spots are plugged by fluoride, you can't use that hormone. So people show up on a blood test as having fine thyroid hormone levels. Everything looks great. Unfortunately, it's bound by fluoride instead of iodine, and then you can't use it. You still have all those symptoms of fatigue and, you know, all the thyroid symptoms. And how many people do you know that have thyroid issues, mm -hmm. especially women? I think a huge piece of this is the heavy, the heavy fluoride use that we have in our world because fluoride is making the thyroid hormone not work anymore. Mm. So those are two biggies. Um, the third biggie and the big contention I have with putting fluoride in any of these things, and especially water, is it's not dosed. Like nobody's controlling the dose. So my favorite analogy is, let's say that the government decided that everybody was just a little too depressed. Like everybody's just a little too depressed because that's what they decided about Florida. They said, oh, everybody's just getting a few too many cavities. So they decided they're going to do something about it. Well, what if everybody's just a little too depressed? So we're going to put an antidepressant in our water. And the problem is, is what if I'm already on an antidepressant and I don't need any more? Like that gives me too much. Or what if I'm not depressed at all and I don't need an antidepressant? Well, I'm getting it anyway. And what if now you are giving the same amount of antidepressant to my child as you are giving to me? Is that a concern? That's why I'm so concerned with fluoride in water. Mm -hmm. What if I don't need fluoride? What if I'm already getting it through a toothpaste, a mouth rinse, all these other places? I'm now way overdosed on fluoride. Mm -hmm. What if, uh, you know, I didn't need it at all. I don't get cavities. And now my child is getting the same amount as my, as an adult is. Are we okay with that? Like, are we okay with somebody just deciding that we should give you a, a drug, a medicine, and you don't really yeah. have a choice in it? I'm not okay with that. So 
I, the thing I tell people all the time is teeth actually don't have fluoride in them. They don't have fluoride. Mm -hmm. There's no natural fluoride in a tooth. So if you're starting to get a cavity, it's not because you have too little fluoride. It's because you have, there are minerals that are leaving your teeth, whether mm -hmm. it's because you're eating a lot of acidic food, you're not brushing your teeth properly. So the bacteria sit there and create acid, whatever mm -hmm. it is, minerals are being pulled out of your teeth. So mm -hmm. why do we put fluoride in? The teeth mm -hmm. never had fluoride to begin with. Yeah. We just, we just need to put the minerals back that are being pulled out. So that's how I treat teeth and help them to be cavity resistant. We don't use fluoride at all because I'm not okay with what it does to the rest of the body. I treat it with adding back the minerals that the tooth lost. To me, that just makes sense. Why put back something that was never there? I'm going to put back something that was there that it needs more of to be able to make it so it doesn't get a cavity. Yeah, I absolutely love your analogy with the um, antidepressant and also understanding that we are all individualistic people in this world and they just we can't just be dosed something without understanding the whole being. Um, because like you said, a child is getting the same as an adult and so on and so on. It's like everything needs to be individualistic. And this is such this has been such an eye opener. <laughs> <laughs> Good. An eye opener. And I, I truly, truly, truly thank you on this. You know, so with fluoride at the end, I, I mean, I assume that you say we don't necessarily need fluoride, even though it's found in most major toothpastes. Nope. So I don't recommend fluoride toothpaste at all, mm -hmm. primarily because of the fluoride. But also if you look at all the other ingredients that are in those toothpastes, they're never anything that you would ever eat and you shouldn't eat. A lot of them are detergents and, um, things that they put in industrial products, you shouldn't be eating mm -hmm. them. And if you're putting it in your mouth, you're eating. People say, oh, I rinse really well and I never swallow. No, no, no. You're always going to get some in and it's <laughs> always going to go through your gums guaranteed. So any yeah. of those regular commercial products that are fluoride filled and full of all the ingredients you can't pronounce, do not use them. So the only products I recommend are something with what's called hydroxyapatite in it. So hydroxyapatite is actually what your tooth is made of. And there are many products that have this now, thankfully, and the products that have hydroxyapatite don't have all the other garbage in them. So there's a few brands, um, one's called Risewell, another's called Boca. There, you, you can find them now that are very simple. They have just a few ingredients and they have this hydroxyapatite. That's what mm -hmm. will keep your teeth from getting cavities. And that's what I recommend. Okay. That, that's okay. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm on the search. I'm on the search. <laughs> yep. I'm definitely now I know what to look for. Okay. Cause yep. you hear like, don't get toothpaste with fluoride. Don't get toothpaste with fluoride. And then it's like, I'm loving, I'm love that you gave it the next level. Like make sure you get toothpaste with, you know, the with yep. okay. So, okay. So we got mercury, we got fluoride. Now let's talk about the reason people go to the dentist. They have cavities. <laughs> so let's talk about cavities. Like um, now I'm going to say for me and my family, like I said, I had cavities as a child for whatever reason, but as an adult, I don't, you know, when I go to the dentist, cavities are not necessarily my issue, but yet my children <laughs> suffer from cavities and my husband Oh my goodness, I feel like every tooth in his mouth you know, had cavities and root canals. And 
I felt like, and I feel like he, I don't feel like, I know he has even better oral hygiene than I do. Like he's brushing his teeth night and day and really taking care of them. And it's like, wow, like you always have like teeth problems. <laughs> and, and me, it's like, I go to a dentist and I'm fine. You know, so I wonder like, why is there a difference even though people in the same household are, you know, having the same diet and everything like that, they seem to have like different like teeth and cavity situations. Yep. This is one of my favorite things to talk about because even as dentists, the only thing that we're ever taught causes cavities is bugs, bacteria, which means that the only way to fix it is to brush your teeth more. And mm -hmm. you've used the perfect example saying that my husband actually brushes his teeth more than I do. Why mm -hmm. does he get cavities and why do I not? This goes clear back to the 1930s In the 1930s. Well, more like actually 1960s for this story, 1960s, there was um, an organization, a whole bunch of dentists got together and they wanted to decide once and for all what caused cavities. So there were three main people that presented at this convention. One said cavities are because bacteria get on your teeth and they, they deposit acid and it dissolves your tooth away. The next said, I see that it's actually nutrition-based, that we can, we can have cavity-resistant teeth based on the way our body absorbs nutrients and the nutrients we feed it. And then the third said, I actually see that there's a huge hormone component to this, that when people are pregnant or teenagers or maybe even menopausal and hormone changes are really changing, that they're more prone to cavities. So everybody voted and said, all right, what do we think the real reason for cavities is? And guess what one got voted? The one that said acid and bacteria cause cavities. Mm -hmm. So we kind of forgot about these other two camps and these other two plays, other two concepts that actually had a lot of research backing them. Well, we shouldn't have forgotten about them because they're both true. They're all true. All three of them are true. It's true. If you never brush your teeth, you probably will get a cavity. <laughs> but there are so many people that brush their teeth beautifully and they still get cavities. So what is this about? Teeth are like, I, like I've described, they're made of minerals and to be able to, your body needs minerals for all kinds of things. It needs minerals for teeth. It needs minerals for bones. It needs minerals for your heart to function, your brain to function. It needs it for all of these things. So if you aren't getting enough, either you're not eating enough because of the diet choices you're making, or this one's even bigger in my mind, you're not absorbing enough because mm. of gut function then what happens is your body will go searching for minerals. It will go find them in places because it has to have your heartbeat. It has to have your brain work. Some things aren't negotiable for life. Mm -hmm. So it will go and mine minerals from other places in the body. It will take minerals from your teeth. It shows up as cavities. It will take minerals from your bones and it shows up as osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. So if either of those things are happening, we always look to what's happening with mineral either eating it, eat, not, not getting enough in with your diet or absorbing it. So mm -hmm. the eating it part is there's two pieces there. Number one, you have to eat foods that have minerals in them, which are largely fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. You actually have to eat them. <laughs> they have to, they have to go in. Um, but to be able to absorb the minerals properly, you need two very important things. You need fat soluble vitamins. First of all, Fat soluble vitamins are vitamins A, D, E, and K. And those vitamins are found largely in animal products. So this is where it gets tricky nowadays because there are people who don't choose to eat animal products. 
And then a lot of our animal products are actually now low fat or non-fat. So, you know, you go to buy yogurt, let's say, and it's non-fat yogurt. You think, oh, this is great. It's non-fat yogurt. Well, not great because now you've just lost the benefit of the vitamins that should have been in that fat that you need to be able to absorb the minerals from the rest of that yogurt. Mm -hmm. So you don't absorb it now because you've lost those vitamins that were, that only are in fats. So the way that diets have changed now with really eliminating a lot of fat from the diet, and I'm not, you know, a keto or any, I don't do any of those things. I just talk about real food, (laughs) like real food, just real whole food. Um, but we really eliminated in a lot of processing. We've eliminated a lot of the ways that we absorb minerals. So that's a big one. That's a huge one. So mm-hmm. for your husband, that's a possibility. Second possibility that, and this is one I love to tell people because you can test this at home. Um, the other thing you need to digest minerals is you need stomach acid and Stomach acid is something that's been kind of villainized in our world. People are like, oh, stomach acid, if you have too much, you're going to have heartburn and you're going to feel lousy and you'll have that burn, you know, all these things. So there's so many things that are in our world to actually reduce stomach acid. You know, you've heard of Prevacid and all these drugs, as well as just antacids, Tums and things to reduce the acid. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what the acid does? (laughs) The acid actually digests your food. It breaks apart the proteins. It breaks apart. It, it ionizes the minerals. It makes it so you can actually use all of those things. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have enough stomach acid, you don't digest. You just, the food goes through to the other end and you never got the benefit of it. So you mm-hmm. may be eating the most amazing diet in the whole world, but you're not absorbing any of it. Yeah. So how do you know? How do you know if you're absorbing or not? This is the greatest thing ever. You can do this test at home. So you take a quarter teaspoon of baking soda, a cup of water, you mix it up and then you drink it and you time to see how long it takes you to burp. Now, why burping? <laughs> well, the baking soda should interact with your stomach acid and that interaction should make you burp. Mm-hmm. So you should burp in two to three minutes. And if you're not burping in two to three minutes, it tells us you do not have enough stomach acid. Now mm. people will say, but I have heartburn. What are you talking about? I have heartburn. That's why I'm always taking tubs. Actually, heartburn is more often from too little stomach acid than it is from too much stomach acid. So when you take Tums or Prevacid or Zantac, you've just made your problem worse, not better. Mm -hmm. You actually need more stomach acid to make those symptoms go away. And you need more stomach acid to absorb the minerals. So if you do this test at home, it takes you five minutes to burp. We say, all right, you have too little stomach acid. You are not absorbing minerals. No wonder you're getting cavities all the time because your body's pulling all the minerals from your teeth to take care of your heart. Yeah. So we, I recommend, first of all, you need to figure out how to heal your gut. There's something going on there and it could be stress-based. It could be uh, chemical-based. There's a lot of things, mm-hmm. but as a Band-Aid, just in the interim until you figure all that out, I recommend taking stomach acid with the food and it's called betaine. It's actually derived from beets. It's a product you can get anywhere. So I recommend betaine. That's spelled B-E-T-A-I-N-E. A lot of times people ask me, how is that spelled? Betaine and digestive enzymes. You'll often find those listed as pepsin. So mm-hmm. betaine and pepsin together with your food. And it should, it should be kind of in the middle of a meal. You eat a few bites, you're a few bites in, take the, take the betaine and the pepsin and your meal will actually get absorbed. So that's a, that's a little band-aid treatment that you can do while you figure out why is your gut actually not absorbing and it will help you absorb immediately. 
from the first meal you do this with. That mm. is often what I find with people who are having cavities is they're just not getting enough minerals. So we work on your gut function. We mm-hmm. add more minerals. So we make sure people are getting it. So we even supplement minerals. So that we're making, making sure they're getting it. And then we add a ton of minerals to the outside of the teeth too. So that hydroxyapatite toothpaste, like I'd said, and, um, also we do, um, a, a powder one that I really like is called shine powder. And the shine powder is just minerals that you put right on your teeth right before you go to bed. So those are some things you can try with your kids and your husband. First of all, do the baking soda test, make mm-hmm. sure they're absorbing minerals, and then add a whole bunch more minerals to their teeth and to their, to their diet, to their gut. Okay. Okay. Uh, again, so much, so informative. Now I have a question. I'm not a burper. I don't even know when the last time I burped or if I ever burped. <laughs> Do you uh-huh. think that like, will the bacon soda test work on me? I wonder, I'm, I just don't recall. Like I'm, I know some people, they Try burp. Try it and see. <laughs> I wonder. So I'm curious to see what happens. And then the bedtime, bedtime, um, you said that comes from beets. Can yep. I just add beets to my diet? No, because it's not going to be in nearly the concentration you need. Okay. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I like beets. I'll just add the beets in between. And go for it. Beets actually have something else that I to always talk about, which is called nitric oxide. So go for it. Add as many beets as you want, but you don't want beets with every meal. <laughs> and that's what you're going to need. You're going to need to add the betaine with every meal. And it's okay. just, you're not going to get enough out of the beets. So absolutely add beets. They're fabulous, but you're going to need the betaine for a little while while yeah. you're on the gut health on, on healing the gut. Okay. Okay. So much great information. So we really hit amazing topics so far. Now, the next part after cavities, there's gum health, gum health and bad breath. (laughs) So what can you tell us about that? There's again, two reasons for gum disease and about 70% of adults have some degree of gum disease. So this isn't just a few people we're talking to. This is most people we're talking to. Mm-hmm. Gum health can be contributed either by bacteria on the teeth, same story with brushing, bacteria on the teeth, and not only bacteria, but let me explain it this way. So if bacteria are on your teeth and they form plaque, and if the plaque doesn't get off fairly quickly within a day or two. So maybe it's hiding back behind a place you can't really reach, or maybe it's actually under the gum a little bit. If mm-hmm. that plaque stays there, then it actually picks up minerals from your saliva and it starts to harden. And we call it tartar. You've heard that word before, probably tartar on your teeth. That's what tartar is. It's just plaque that has gotten minerals in it. Mm-hmm. So once the tartar is on the tooth, it's very difficult for you to get it off because mm-hmm. it's stuck and it's hard. That tartar is, I like to think of it like a condo for bacteria. So they all move in and they start inviting their friends and then their friends form more plaque and you get more tartar. And then they all start to dump their garbage because they have parties in those condos and they start dumping their garbage down on the gums below and the Mm -hmm. gums below start shrinking away because it doesn't, they don't like the garbage that's being dumped on them. So now there's more room for tartar to hook to the tooth. There's bigger condos. And it's just a really downhill slope from that point. As mm. soon as those, as soon as that tartar gets established on the tooth, it's hard to get it off without a dentist's help. And you're going to have more disease underneath it. 
because you just can't clean it. You can't clean around it and the bacteria will have a heyday. So that's problem number one is bacteria on the teeth. And this is why we actually tell you to go to the dentist <laughs> because sometimes you just can't get it off yourself. It's just, yeah. it's just too hard. It's stuck on the teeth. You can't do it. So that's problem number one. Second problem is if your body cannot resist that bacterial attack. So some immune systems just aren't up for it. And there's an interesting story in the 1800s when people were taking um, trips across the ocean, but that's the only way to get to America, you know, or to Europe was to go on a boat. And they would take these, they, they would take these ocean voyages across and sailors they were finding had a lot of gum disease. They had bleeding gums, loose teeth, and they finally figured out it was a disease called pellagra, which is a vitamin C deficiency. So they started taking lime juice and pickled limes on these sea voyages because they are high in vitamin C and it totally fixed the pellagra. Little side note, that's why sometimes soldiers were called limeys because they had this lime juice on board. Kind of, I love those, I love those little stories. Mm -hmm. um, but what they found is that the vitamin C took care of the, of the bleeding gums and loose teeth. Well, it will do the same for you too. Mm -hmm. So if we see, if there's a, if there's a gum disease issue, we will add a lot of vitamin C to the system so that the body has what it needs to be able to resist the bacterial attack. And there mm. are certain ethnicities that actually have more that are more prone to gum disease than others. I believe it's probably because they are not absorbing these vitamins at the same rate, that that's just a genetic trait. And so I believe it's vitamin based why some ethnicities actually get more gum disease than others do. So if there's an, any problem with your mouth and gum disease and bad breath is often because of two things, either those bacteria living and partying in your mouth or bacteria living and parting in your gut because of too low stomach acid. So we already had that conversation. Mm -hmm. So fix your gut, fix your mouth, back, bad breath will go away. Um, so if you have, if you have gum disease, if you have bleeding gums at all, if you're starting to get some gum recession, bad breath, you need to go see a dentist and you need to start taking way more vitamin C. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So like I said, for me personally, like cavities are not my issue, but um, the last time I went to the dentist, it was definitely, they said the gums and then I had to come back and she had to do that deep cleaning. Yep. And, you know, she was like, also, she said, I guess she was saying I have very tight teeth. So to make sure I'm really getting in between, because I guess, like you were saying that they like to just go hang out there because yep. me simply just brushing my teeth when my teeth are just so tight together, you know, they, you know, I'm creating the condos uh, of bacteria yep. totally. you're allowing them to form yep. yeah yeah with the the um the challenging the tight tight teeth yeah um, and do you find that also like a person that has tighter like teeth that they also are more prone to like gum issues or something tighter teeth and also a lot of dentistry because if you've had a lot of dental work crowns and fillings and things there's lots of places for it to hide okay. so yep, both of those things will lead to that Okay. Okay. This is um, so good to know. And, this, and I didn't know about the vitamin C as, as well. Yep, lots so, of that, <laughs> so that's good to know. And then lime, so you can create like a pickle lime juice, like the sailors did to, yep. um, to help that. Okay. I'm going to have to, to use YouTube that. <laughs> yep. Or just take vitamin C. <laughs> you don't have to get fancy with it. If you want, just take more vitamin C or eat lots of foods that have vitamin C, which are citrus fruits, pretty much any fruit has a lot of vitamin C in it. So, mm -hmm. yep. Okay. So now 
we really hit all of like the major topics about um about our oral health from cavities to mercuries to fluoride to gum disease. So what advice do you would you like to give to people about, you know, routine suggestions about their oral health? Main thing is, is stay on top of it. And it's mm-hmm. going to be nutrition based as well as taking care of your teeth. So both things are important. And if you find that your tooth health and your gum health is going downhill, you really need to look at diet and gut function. Those mm-hmm. are just two huge ones. Are you getting the vitamins and minerals that you need to actually be able to stay healthy? So just stay on top of it. I see people every single day who haven't been to the dentist in 10 and 15 years. And some people are just fine. They have no issues and they, they could probably go another 10 and it'd be okay. But the large majority have significant problems. And if I had just seen them sooner, the Mm -hmm. solutions would have been much simpler. (laughs) You know, once it builds up after 10 and 15 years, the problems are big and expensive. And that's often why people avoid it. They're like, I just know it's going to be so much money. Well, don't wait so long. Mm -hmm. And then it's not going to be so much money. Yeah. So really dentistry, dental health is just, it's just an everyday little bit, a little bit every day thing Mm -hmm. you need to be aware of. Yeah. So what's your um, opinions on water picks, like a home water pick? I think they're great. The problem is, is they often end up underneath the sink and never used. So <laughs> they, they, work, they work great as long as you use them. So the one that I actually recommend is something called a flower, a flower, a shower flosser. It attaches between the shower head and the wall. So it's already in the shower. You don't have to set anything up and it's already wet in the shower. So you don't mind if there's water spraying everywhere. You divert just a little bit of water from the shower into the shower flosser. And you've basically used this water pick while you're showering. Nobody minds, you know, spending an extra yeah. minute in the shower and you use it while you're showering and then you hang it back up and divert the water back off. So you're not freezing in the shower. You only use a little bit of the water, um, but it's great because it's always there. You don't have to set it up and it doesn't make a mess because you're already in the shower. Mm. You heard me laugh really hard when you said that mm-hmm. you ends up underneath the yeah. sink. You have one under the sink? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes. And I always yeah. feel like, oh, I need to do, you yep. know, spray the stuff in between my teeth and stuff yep. like that, if there's anything there. But thank you. I'm going to look up the, the shower floor. Sir. And yep. then I, I have another one because now I'm stepping into more of a lot of this holistic um health, you know, field, not field, but like just going a little more holistically with a lot of stuff. And I have been doing um oil, pu- oil pulling. Yep. Um, Do you have any opinions or suggestions on oil pulling? Yeah. Oil pulling is an old Ayurvedic technique that's been used in India for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's wonderful for gum disease. What it does is it just balances the bacteria in your mouth. So the principle behind it is that every virus, bacteria, fungus, whatever's living in your mouth, they all have in the outside of them, all around the outside of them is fats. That's just what they're made of. So when you put oil in your mouth and swish it around the fat and the oil and the fat and the bacteria attract to each other, and it pulls all of those bacteria from all the nooks and crannies in the mouth. So places that you may not be able to clean otherwise. So you typically use about a tablespoon of oil. A lot of people use coconut oil because it's pretty mild and you swish for 10 to 15 minutes. That seems like forever. So I tell people do it while you're in the shower, do it while you're doing the dishes, while you're doing something else, take your mind Mm -hmm. off of it. Um, Make sure you don't spit it in your drain, however, unless you don't mind really clogged drains. So Mm -hmm. make sure you're spitting it into a Kleenex, throw it away. Um, I don't think you have to use it every day. 
I typically tell people to use it for about five days in a row to kind of get their mouth up to speed and then use it every second or third day just to, just to maintain mm-hmm. research and maybe not research necessarily, but stories have shown that not only does it help balance the bugs in your mouth, but it also helps to balance the bugs in the, in the whole body, particularly the gut. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I figure it's certainly not worth, it's certainly worth trying, you know, and if it, if it also benefits the rest of you, great, but for sure it benefits the mouth. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's um, great. And then, you know, I have one more topic I wanted to ask you about, and that's about um, mouth breathing. Could you talk about that for a moment? Oof, this is, this is not a five minute topic, but I will start it. <laughs> this, is, this is a long one. This is a long one. So mouth breathing. Um, well, first of all, it's back up mouth. Mouth breathing is a sign that you're not able to get enough air through your nose or mm-hmm. possibly even through what's called your airway. It's the tube that you breathe through and not getting enough air is actually an epidemic in our society. It shows up as fatigue, as adrenal issues, um, as hormone problems, uh, blood pressure, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, even diabetes are often due to not getting enough oxygen while you're sleeping. So you've mm-hmm. heard it called sleep apnea, but it even is lesser sometimes than just what's called sleep obstruction. You just have something in the way. So mm-hmm. mouth breathing is a sign that that's going on. In children, it is it shows up as ADHD, as bedwetting, as having focus issues, behavioral problems, learning issues in school, those are all due to not getting enough air at night. So mouth breathing is just one sign. Another sign is clenching or grinding your teeth. If you clench or grind, it's because you're trying to flatten your tongue and make more room in the airway, make more room for air. Often uh, also not being able to fall asleep quickly or waking up multiple times at night, or even just waking up in the morning and feeling like, gosh, I slept, but did I? I feel so tired still. All of those are signs that you are not getting enough air when you sleep. And like I said, this is an epidemic. This is 60, probably at least 60% of the population is not getting enough air. And it's significantly affecting their quality of life as well as how long they're going to live. It's Mm -hmm. enormous. So if you have mouth breathing, if you are mouth breathing, you need to see a dentist that can focus on airway, what's called airway, because most likely you have a bigger issue, but the mouth breathing is just the symptom of it. And this is probably an enormous piece of health problems that people aren't aware of. So this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Okay. So when you say you need to find a dentist that works on airway, what would they like, what type of treatment would they do for that? Few things. Um, We have to figure out what's wrong. Is the mouth too small for everything to fit? That's Mm. sometimes the problem. The mouth is just too small to fit the tongue and the palate and all the tissue that needs to fit. Sometimes that's that there's infection in the mouth. We didn't talk about that, but uh, sometimes it's that there's infection in the mouth under old failed root canals um, where teeth were removed, like wisdom teeth were removed that didn't heal all the way. We see this every single day. Um, So sometimes there's an infection that needs to, to get be, you know, to get rid of so that there's the swelling goes away in the mouth. Um, Sometimes it's a spine issue. Uh, There's been a trauma or something happened, a car accident, something, and it's actually closed off the airway from the back. So you have to start by finding out what's the cause, and then you can figure out the fix. It can be anything from a uh, laser that shrinks up the tissue in the back of the throat so you can breathe fast, breathe better. Sometimes we have a retainer like appliance that you wear that makes your mouth bigger, that mm-hmm. ha- allows more room for things to fit. I never do a CPAP, what's called a CPAP, because that's not a fix. That's just a Band-Aid. So mm-hmm. we try to actually find the problem and fix the problem. 
Wow. Okay. I absolutely didn't even know this was an option at the dentist to check into your <laughs> check into airway breathing. And like you said, it, you know, ADHD and bedwetting and so on because of there not being enough oxygen, I guess, getting to the brain. And anywhere. Um, yep. Oh, you're just getting throughout the body that it's causing all of these issues and to look into airway. So I guess whoever just heard this statement, if they feel like it relates, they're going to have to start doing their research. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I just, I'm so grateful that you brought this to our, to our awareness because I was completely unaware of anything like this. <laughs> so, and you see people all the time, they're, 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 just sleeping with their mouths open like you out I'm in New York City you'd be on the train or public train you someone's next to you and their mouth is just open they're dozing off and it's like you know they're doing that I guess that ear ear um their their mouth breathing yep so this is really really good information wow you've given us so much information in this past hour and I am grateful for you but before I let you go today I would love for you to tell us what does becoming unique mean to you uh, that's a great question. Um, for me, it's finding out what your purpose is, what the, you know, what the reason you're here for. And like you'd said, my getting sick led me to mine. And mm -hmm. thankfully I found it. And now I've been able to hopefully share what, you know, my unique stance and approach to health in the world with others because of where I've been. So for me, it's figuring out what that means to you and then not being afraid to, to be that. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am beyond grateful for all of the information that you have shared with us today. Um, so a lot of things that I've discussed today, like you said, are brand new and people may not know exactly where to go. Um, they can always start with a virtual consultation. And I do a lot of virtual consultations for people all over the country and all over the world, even where I can start you on the path and then can often direct you to a practitioner that can help you. So my, my dental practice is called Total Care Dental. You can find it at totalcaredental.com. And uh, that is often the starting place for people, no matter where they are. And then we can help you find someplace closer to home as well. And then the Living Well, Living well Outreach is called Living Well with Dr. Michelle. And there's a lot of fun stuff on there, on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you are on social media. Uh, people say, this is just a fun place to follow because I talk about so many, so many things. So uh, get on there. And I think you'll find something that you'll be interested as well. So living well with Dr. Michelle, wherever you find, wherever you're on social media, you'll find that as well as the website. So hopefully somebody can find something that they like there. Yeah. Yeah. Your Instagram page is definitely amazing because <laughs> that's how I discovered you and reached out to you because I was like, oh my goodness, this woman is beyond amazing. And you don't just share information about dentistry. It's like you, like you give overall information from like health in all directions, not just dentistry. So I really appreciate you giving us that information out there. And I will definitely have all of your details in the show notes so people can click along and get directly to you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for coming on to the podcast and sharing all of this amazing information. I am so grateful for you. Thank you. 
Um, if you guys want to reach out to Michelle, all of her details will be in the show notes. Just click along, go check her out. And yeah, before I say goodbye, guys, I haven't really been talking about my book um, on the podcast, but yes, Becoming Unique has a book that's available on Amazon, Your Guide to Bringing, Your Guide to Bringing More Acts of Self-Care is available for you. It's an amazing book. It's really a workbook because you got to put the work in. You're not going to just pick up this book and read it over a weekend. This is a book that is designed to work for you for 12 weeks, which is three months. So it's a very small but mighty book. The book is just under 100 pages, but these 100 pages are going to take you over the next three months of a very simple programming of just adding small little acts of self-care into your life to help towards making it a routine, not just a once in a once in a while situation. So you got to get the book to see what I'm really talking about. So I will have the link in the um in the show notes as well too. Make sure you guys um pick it up. Um, and we're about to head into the holiday season. If you're looking for a, a gift to give to someone. This is something definitely to keep on the list. You know, every single one of us um, needs the prescription of self-care. I don't think anyone is excluded from allowing themselves to have self-care. So I think everyone, male or female, should have access to this book of, you know, your guide to bringing more acts of self-care. So thank you guys for showing up to the Becoming Unique podcast. I will check you guys out next time. Bye.